It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. We all remember the first aquarium we were exposed to, right? You know, the ones that started this whole crazy hobby adventure for us. Or perhaps, as in my case, the obsession was already in place, but something happened which made it just worse. I remember an aquarium way back when I was probably, I don't know, eight or nine years old, which captivated my attention. It was at my sister's friend's house, right smack in the entryway to their home. What I believe was a 40-gallon what they called a show tank, based on my recollection of its size and proportions. It was one of those ubiquitous, you know, metal-type stands straight out of the early 70s, decorated with hanging fishing nets and dried starfish, you know, pure kitsch, that kind of stuff that people used to do. And, of course, it was a metal frame aquarium with a slate bottom. Yet this particular aquarium captivated me like few other things did at the time. I used to love when my sister would drag me over to her friend's house because I'd just park myself in front of the tank and do what comes naturally for a fish geek. I would just stare, taking it all in. In addition to the, you know, mandatory turquoise-style gravel, uh, turquoise-colored gravel, the petrified wood and the plastic plants, the tank had another appeal to me. A cool variety of fishes, including what I thought was like the coolest fish out there at the time. A group of kissing guarmi. Helistoma temenicki, I believe it was at the time and still is. Of course, at the time, I was enamored by its goofy appearance, calm demeanor, and the iconic kissing behavior that would occasionally occur. Now, at the time, I had no idea that this was a behavior that took place between rival males, and females too, for that matter, so I've heard. And it was sort of the equivalent of a sparring contest for the fish, and it was hardly the charming display of affection that, you know, I interpreted as... And of course, I had no idea at the time that these fish could reach a maximum size of 8 to 10 inches or more and live for, well, 25 years. I mean, a group of five of these in a 40-gallon community aquarium seemed just fine. <laughs> I wanted some. I mean, they were only like two inches long, and yeah, they'd fit, right? Ah, youthful ignorance. So, of course, what that fish did was further my efforts to petition my parents for a larger aquarium for my bedroom. That five-gallon metal frame tank that I had since age five was just no longer cutting it. No, I needed something larger. Time to step up to the big leagues. And I knew instinctively that I could never successfully lobby for a 40-gallon aquarium. But I might just be able to make a case for like a 15 to 20-gallon one. Of course, it didn't hurt that my dad was a fish geek with three aquariums full of fancy guppies in the living room of our modest suburban home at the time. It's a huge reduction from the 25-tank fish room he had in the garage when I was a toddler. He was the guy who got me started into this thing. He could relate. He was the guy I could make my case to. Of course, I did press my dad for the big tank, 40 gallons, and of course he counter-offered with a more realistic 10-gallon tank. With a little more back and forth and some incentives tied to a better grade in math, I was able to secure approval for a 15-gallon tank. Now, little did I know that these negotiation exercises would come in handy decades later when I purchased my first home. Yet another benefit of being a fish geek, right? You learn all these real life skills that could be applicable to other things. 
each of us felt that we got the better end of the deal. I got my larger tank. My mom and dad got little Scotty to go shoot for an A in his math. Big win for everybody, right? And of course, when I before I finally got the tank, there was a tremendous amount of research being done uh, about all the new fishes I'd get. I mean, this was a quantum leap forward from my five-gallon tank, and I had to keep a few of my favorites from the five-gallon, like my Leopard Danios, the Corydoras Inus, and a small school of glow like Tetris. Other than these guys, it was like a clean slate. And of course, I was able to negotiate through a series of concessions, being able to keep the five-gallon in operation after the new tank was in place. Yeah, my first foray into MTS, you know, multiple tank syndrome, and I was only like nine. This boded very well for my future as a fish geek. And of course, with the larger tank, I discovered that the accessories and the equipment required had to be scaled up. And this is where my dad cleverly got me. Being an accountant, he wanted to teach me the value of money and the lesson I was about to learn hit home. I'd negotiated the tank, but the equipment I was to supply, unless I wanted some of his hand-me-down stuff uh, from his old tanks, which I didn't. So that was a little bit of a slowdown. Uh, And I learned the lesson that served me well all along. Uh, During a lifetime of being a fish geek, larger aquariums require larger, more sophisticated equipment and accessories, and that adds to the expense. We all know this, but to a nine-year-old who wanted some kissing gourmies, this was really an important lesson. It took me a little longer to accumulate all the gear I wanted for this new tank, and a lot more of my allowance than I wanted too. A painful but necessary trade-off. I think this is when I really learned about discipline and patience in the hobby. Staring at this shiny new but decidedly empty and dry aquarium in my bedroom, accumulating a little patina of dust as it awaited being outfitted for operation for several months. And I didn't let those months go to waste. I agonized over the stocking list, something I still do today, and those of you that know me know I do that obsessively. I selected black gravel, because that was the coolest shit going at the time, and unfortunately the priciest. And an outside power filter powered by an air pump, a larger, more expensive air pump than I had before, mind you. I decided to go with live plants in my new black gravel tank. Great decision, right? Yeah. And painted the background of the tank a deep brown. Hey, even then I had this affinity for brown. That was kind of cool, right? Anyway, finally the day came when everything was set up. And it was very exciting. Then to get some fishes in there, I remember going down to the local fish store with my mom to get my first fishes. Naturally, the kissing guarmies were at the top of the list. Of course, they were not in stock at the time, so I had to wait and get some others. I think I got some red sword tails and some rasbora, you know, classic fish. And I was still pretty excited, but I really wanted those guarmies. And as the months passed and more and more fishes were added to my tank, the painful realization came that I was out of room for any new fishes, let alone the kissing guarmies. Nonetheless, on a foray out to the local fish store, I found some. And I was ready to pull the trigger and finally grab that fish I'd been coveting for almost two years at that point. Of course, the owner of the local fish store, an old school type fish guy named Carl, was one of those guys from like the 1960s that when they just, they just knew how to do everything just a little better than we do today. Carl was that classic archetype of that, that, uh, that breed. Um, you know, this guy could just as easily collect Daphnia as he could culture brine shrimp or tube effects or, you know, fix an air pump. I mean, the guy was amazing. There's a lot of people like that today, but something about those 60s guys was just a little more rugged. I don't know. Anyway. Carl was on to me. He was acutely aware of all my fish purchases as well as my, the size of my tank. And when I went to grab the guarmies and fulfill my destiny, tough love set in. Carl was really quick to tell me, come on, Scott, your tank's pretty much full. You know, besides, you know, those kissing guarmies can get just too large for your tank. It's like, damn, thwarted. 
but my fish by my own fish dealer no you know nonetheless my source for everything i was done finished i couldn't get those fishes not at his store anyway and quite frankly not anywhere else either because i knew better and so did my dad yet another valuable lesson for my fish keeping career you can't always get what you want so flash forward about six years later as a teen i now had a 40 gallon breeder in my room yeah i pulled that one off I was looking for inspiration. Uh, I thought about some more fishes to add to my interesting mix that I'd sort of accumulated, you know, the usual loaches, sharks, some moss green tiger bars, rasbora, pineapple platies, and some larger tetras. The tank looked awesome. I mean, it was pretty full, but in a classic, you know, community tank way, it was awesome. But I wanted more. I wanted different. And on a, lo- on a visit to the local fish store, I spotted the fish of my youth, the kissing guarmi. And the stigma of Carl, the owner, being there to chastise me about my tank size and population was not a factor as he'd sold the store a couple of years back. I was footloose and fancy free and damn rebellious too. Me with my, you know, my burgeoning wallet, my new wave haircut, and my attitude, I was ready. It was time to grab a group and fulfill my childhood fantasy. And I was about to. And then I noticed one of the Gormies cowering in the corner of the dealer's tank, shimmying away. I knew what that meant. You know what that means. That's no go. Abort. Don't. And being the arrogant suburban I want it now teen with my new wave haircut and accompanying attitude that I already mentioned, I threw caution to the wind and pulled the trigger anyway. Back up these five, please, I said, you know, motioning to the seemingly healthy ones. That'd be fine, I reasoned. I was like, yeah, they weren't showing any sign of illness. Quarantine? What's that? Yeah, you know what happened. Into the tank went the new kissing warmies. They looked just fine. I fulfilled my destiny and at age 15 and a half, I was finally about to have the fish I'd coveted for almost a decade. I earned this. I was, I was stoked. That lasted all of about 48 hours as every fish in the tank, including the guarmies, began to clamp their fins, shimmy, and just drop dead one by one. Along with my other fishes, no amount of Riddick, Quick Cure, or whatever the meds that I had at the time did the trick, I bet against the house and it was a losing hand. Arrogance has gotten the best of me. I lost every fish but two. Those damn kissing guarmies, they caused this. They're a curse. No, actually my lack of judgment, impulsiveness, and youthful impatience caused it. My flaunting of some basic aquarium rules, to which I had been brought up to follow practically since I could walk, did me in this time. It was a painful, humbling, and invaluable lesson that I would never, ever forget. (laughs) Even today... When I see a, a kissing guarmi, I shudder just a bit, perhaps reminded of that painful lesson from the dark period of my fishing career. I call it, you know, the curse of the kissing guarmi, but really it was no curse. It was a predictable and, and it was a product of not doing what I knew I should have done for tempting faith and throwing caution to the wind when it was not necessary. Super painful and unforgettable. It served me well, very well. I've long since recovered from that painful reckoning, but the lesson that it taught me about patience, skepticism, fundamentals, and oh yeah, of quarantine of all new additions had made me a much better hobbyist. So I still do, you know, I still call it the curse of the kissing guarmi, but I know what it really was. A lesson, an awakening, a blessing really, a factor in my growth and maturity in both fish keeping and other facets of life. I've never kept a kissing guarmi since, probably never will again. But those five fishes, which paid for my arrogance with their lives, helped me in ways I couldn't even comprehend back then. And to those of you who've 
learn these painful lessons or have yet to experience the pain, I just say to you, learn, grow, listen. Don't forsake the fundamentals. Stay patient. Stay humble. Stay inquisitive. Stay focused. Stay true to your best instincts. And always stay wet. Until next time, I hope that this little tale from my youthful fish-keeping years is maybe going to resonate in some of you. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. And I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.